This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hey, hey everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Here's what we got for today's show. Prices for new and used farm equipment are rising. And the chief agricultural editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, shares his observations. Ag in the Classroom is celebrating Career Month in Canada. And Farm Credit Canada is hosting a summit for the food and beverage industry this week. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to SaskAg Today. On 620 CKRM. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. New and used farm equipment prices continue to rise. SaskAgToday.com Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch says he recently found out the hard way. Well, it's just, uh, it sort of hit me. I was bidding on some equipment uh, at a local auction sale all online these days. You know, I wish there were more in-person auction sales because I really enjoy them. But I was, I was looking at a, a Batco field loader, a uh, 1545 Batco uh, conveyor. Uh, got one, it's about, uh, bought it in 2015. This one on the sale was just a touch older than mine. And I thought, oh, you know, to have a second one of these would be really handy around the farm in case one goes down. And we also use it for loading the seed cart because we kind of very handy for that. But when it's loading the seed cart out in the field, it's not back at the, the yard where you need it. So I thought, well, if I can get this for ten or $12,000, that's what the previous auction sale prices have gone for. Uh, last I saw that uh, backwood conveyor went for $23,000 which is what I paid new for mine back in 2015. So, uh, and it was a few years older than mine. Subsequent, and I've also heard from a producer today uh, that has a three-year-old combine. Well, the, the value of that combine is appraised at almost new value. Oh, that should sound great. I haven't, haven't lost any depreciation at all. But if he was to go buy a new combine, the difference in price, he'd have to pay $300,000 to boot to get a new combine. So yes, uh, new, new prices have gone up dramatically over the past two or three years, uh, but, and that has dragged used equipment prices up as well. And it might look good on your balance sheet because your used equipment's value is, has gone up, but goodness help you when you, you go to upgrade because uh, it's going to be a costly jump to get into something new. Uh, equipment has become a, a major concern as far as the, the price spiral and doesn't seem to show much sign of, uh, of declining or slowing down. And he's not sure when farm equipment prices will start to go down. That's difficult because, you know, you're trying to predict the future. Uh, Alberta Agriculture and Food uh, does a, a farm input survey. So they go back five years on everything from fertilizer to various pieces of farm equipment. And it's really been the last three years. You know, prices have steadily increased over the past five for most pieces of equipment. But it's been the last three, some of it pandemic and supply related and, and a 
whole bunch of other things going on in the world, but it's the last three where a lot of pieces of equipment have really dramatically increased in price as compared to the previous time frame. Hirsch says the best thing to do before buying farm equipment at an auction sale is to be prepared and know what it's worth. And I don't know how many of the auction companies do this, but at least one of the major auction companies, when you're looking at a piece of equipment, you can actually click on the button and get the, the sale price of other items like this at auction. And if you're lucky that you've got really close comparables, uh, it gives you an idea where prices have gone. In my case of that Batco 1545, uh, these other sales were two or three years ago and the, the price was considerably lower than what the price ended up uh, at this particular auction sale. But it seems to be a sign of the times. Combines, as they, as they get older, uh, get a few years and get some hours on them, they certainly show depreciation quite quickly. But if you look at uh, four-wheel drive tractors that we don't tend to put that many hours on, two or 300 hours a year, man, they can really hold their value a long time and actually, in many cases, are increasing in value. And he says there's now other ways to find used farm equipment. Well, I think, you know, as we've gone online with most of these things, um, you know, if you I hate to disparage the, you know, the Western producer, but at one time they had page after page after page of, of classified ads. And really there's various online systems now where that's, I think, where a lot of the uh, used equipment trade is going on. People can post it there with pictures uh, at no cost uh, unless they want their ad at the at the top of the page for a period of time. So I think that we've really moved to an online system and it's also made searching equipment uh, easier uh, and price comparing easier uh, similar to, to cars and trucks. You know, would you would you open up a daily newspaper looking for a, a car or truck used anymore? No, no, you'd, you'd probably go online or go to a dealership. Kevin Hirsch is the chief agricultural editor for SaskAgToday.com, and his comments came from the SaskAgToday.com roundtable featuring him, Doug Falconer, the agriculture director for GX94, and myself as we talk weekly about the latest ag issues and stories that happen throughout the week. The ag roundtable drops every Friday afternoon on SaskAgToday.com. Coming up next, we have a feature on agriculture in the classroom and how they're celebrating career month in Canada. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTroff.ca and Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. There are numerous career opportunities within the agriculture sector. That's the message from Agriculture in the Classroom Canada to high school students as part of Career Month in Canada. Ag in the Classroom recently partnered with McCain Foods and Kickoff Career Month held a virtual panel event featuring four McCain employees who shared their experiences and insights to inspire students to consider a career in agriculture. Interim Executive Director of Ag in the Classroom, Sarah Shimko, says it had more than 3,300 students across Canada participate. Our numbers actually crept up and we ended up with 75 uh 
classrooms actually participating and I think about a third of them were Saskatchewan schools. We really promoted the event hard here in Saskatchewan. Of course we're a pretty rural based economy still in comparison to some of the other provinces and we have a lot of uptake from teachers all across the province for agriculture education programs and they really jumped at this opportunity um, to bring kind of something different into the classroom than they've done in the past. She admits it's hard to gauge how enthusiastic the students were in a virtual event, but still felt it was good overall. There was some good questions. We have a survey out right now with the teachers, so we'll learn more as they fill it in. But based on uh, the initial comments that we had from some of the teachers that, um, you know, shared their comments with us, we were pretty happy with how it went. And I think virtual experiences are a great way to reach students in remote and rural areas across the province. They aren't always able to come to some of our in-person events, like our ThinkAg Expo that we hold at Agribition every year, for example. One of the topics covered was sustainability. The event with McCain showcased the sustainability and the importance of using technology and innovation to be sustainable. And often there's the misconception that the way we farmed 100 years ago was was really sustainable and the only way to farm. And the reality is that we have to produce more food on less land. And there are policies that are coming down even today that are limiting, you know, fertilizer use or crop protection products. And these decisions and policies that are coming down aren't necessarily based on science or evidence. And if farmers want to continue to use you know, good sound practices and, and uh, you know, different technologies that are out there and products, then it's really important that we are educating the people who are designing these policies and the public and society who are driving these policies to be made and be supported. Shimko explains the importance of sharing the ins and outs of agriculture to students. The students who are in high schools today, they are soon going to be choosing where they want to go to university, if they want to go to university or a tech school, what careers they're going to have, what foods they're going to buy, who they're going to vote for, who they're going to work for. And they really are our future employers, decision makers, leaders and innovators sitting in the classroom today. And we really need them to be a part of agriculture's future. And it is incredibly important that they start thinking about agriculture as an innovative, cool place Uh, to be because there's going to be a big competition for the workforce, the future workforce, and if we want agriculture to remain innovative and strong and dynamic, uh, then we need to make sure that we are inviting young people to be a part of our exciting industry. You can find the virtual panel event on the Ag in the Classroom Canada YouTube page. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Bill C-234 will face a pivotal vote in the Senate tomorrow afternoon. The bill, designed to remove the federal carbon tax from natural gas and propane used on farms, received final approval from MPs in the House of Commons in March. However, it was amended by the Senate's Agriculture Committee last month as senators aligned with the Liberal government passed a motion to remove farm buildings, including barns, from the proposed exemption. The Senate is now slated to vote on whether to accept this amended version of the bill at around 5.30 Eastern time tomorrow. 
Dozens of farm groups and thousands of individual farmers are calling on senators to reject the amended version as accepting it would send the bill back to the House of Commons where the government could delay it, including any exemption for grain drying, until the bill would die when a federal election is called. British cheese companies are ramping up pressure on the UK government to reach a deal with Canada before they lose preferential market access in the Canadian market on December 31st. With the deadline looming, the cheese import issue has been linked with Canada's long-standing quest for increased beef market access into the UK. According to a November 2nd article in the London-based Financial Times, British trade experts say Canada may be unwilling to reciprocate on allowing cheese imports unless the UK opens up its market to Canadian beef. As part of the post-Brexit trade continuity deal between Canada and the UK, British cheese exporters were allowed to fill the tariff-free import quotas allocated to the European Union as part of the Canada-EU trade deal for three years. While negotiations are ongoing on a permanent Canada-UK trade deal, the temporary side arrangement for cheese imports is set to expire in less than two months. According to a recent study, Manitoba farmers have improved prospects to access the more lucrative malting barley market. The report by the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre, in collaboration with the Manitoba Crop Alliance, says new Canadian malting barley varieties can be grown successfully in Manitoba. With yields and quality comparable to the Czech variety, AAC Synergy. The study found new varieties including AAC Connect, CDC Fraser, CDC Copper, CDC Churchill and AAC Prairie are the next generation of varieties for Manitoba growers. According to the Manitoba Crop Alliance, total barley acres, whether for feed or malting, have declined over the last two decades on a combination of disease concerns, market forces and difficulty to meet malting grade. That said, seeded acreage reports from Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation, the Provincial Crop Insurance Agency, have found Manitoba barley acres steadied in the years 2020 to 2023 at a level between 365,000 and 400,000. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 95% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 13, an improvement from the 88% order fulfillment performance seen the previous week and the best overall performance we've seen since Week 4 in late August. The uptick in performance reflects improved performance for each of CN and CPKC. In supplying 92% of hopper cars ordered on time in week 13, CN saw performance improve from the 85% order fulfillment performance they posted in week 12. CN performance returns above the 90% performance threshold for the first time since week 4 in August. CPKC performance improved with the railway supplying 99% of shipper orders in week 13 an improvement from the 91% order fulfillment performance in week 12. CPKC performance remains above the 90% threshold for the second consecutive week. 
Mushrooms, large or small, tasty and toxic, appear to be popping up all over British Columbia this year in what experts say is a bumper crop of fungi. BC mycologist Andy McKinnon says last year was a very poor year for mushrooms with the summer drought extending into the fall, but rain this fall has brought out a flush of mushrooms. McKinnon says people are flocking to Vancouver Island to pick the abundance of porcini mushrooms. Naturalist and mushroom expert Kem Luther says he's noticed the same trend this fall, with the rain arriving and the trees moving sugar to their roots to give the mushrooms an infusion of food. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, a cloudy sky and a 30% chance of rain showers, high of 2 degrees. Tonight, cloudy, then partly cloudy near midnight. Winds out of the southeast at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour overnight, low of minus 1. Tomorrow, flurries, then snow late in the morning, about 2 centimeters of snowfall. Winds from the southeast at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour before becoming light. Temperatures steady near zero. Then tomorrow night's more rain showers or flurries, the low minus 1. Wednesday, snow and windy, high of zero, the low minus 5. Thursday, increasing cloudiness, high of 0, the low minus 11. Friday, sunshine, high of minus 2, the low minus 7. Saturday, sunny, high of plus 4, the low minus 2. And Sunday, sunshine, high of 8 degrees. Normal highs for the period are 2 degrees, normal lows minus 9. Sun rose at 7.58 this morning. Sun will set at 5.26. Taking a look around the province in Estevan and Saskatoon, plus 1. Swift Current is at 2 degrees, also Weyburn at 2 degrees, Yorkton minus 1. Warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Cypress Hills at 8.2 degrees, cool spot in Stony Rapids at minus 7.3. In Regina, some mist, southeast wind at 14 kilometers an hour, humidity at 98%, temperature 1 degree or 34 Fahrenheit, barometric, barometric pressure is at 101.1 and rising. In Moose Jaw, some fog. Southeast wind at 8 kilometers an hour, temperature 3 degrees. Once again in Regina, mist. Southeast wind at 14, temperature plus 1. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your egg news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com Saskatoon will be the site of the first food and beverage summit hosted by Farm Credit Canada. Jason Fisk, manager of content marketing with FCC, says it'll be a chance for those within the food and beverage industry to make connections and learn how to improve their business. You know, the reason we wanted to bring this to the prairies is, you know, these events happen in larger centers. They're happening in Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver. And so there really isn't an opportunity in the prairies for these types of businesses to come together and just focus on the food and beverage industry. And so that's what this event is going to do on, on Wednesday. And, and uh, you know, we're really excited to finally bring these 
players together to enhance and improve the, uh, the food and beverage industry. Yeah, and I had the opportunity to kind of glance at uh, the different types of speakers that will be at the summit. It's kind of a wide-ranging uh, people from all sorts of different backgrounds, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's when a lot of the, uh, the people that work within the industry, they're typically wearing a number of different hats, right? They might be the CFO and the CEO and the chief technology officer, for example, or they're, or they're wearing sort of a number of hats in, in all aspects of the business. And so there's a variety of, of topics and subjects that are important to the people that will be attending. And so that's probably reflected in, in, in our agenda and what uh, we think we can provide to, to the attendees. So is there any kind of like a general theme with regards to the summit or is it just kind of, a, you know, kind of a wide open thing and it's just an opportunity to network? We don't really have a, a theme specifically. I think that, um, you know, there's an opportunity for, for people to learn a little bit about technology and innovation for sure. I think, uh, you know, trying to understand how to uh, better position their products to the market and to, you know, find an opportunity to get the, you know, the, that premium shelf space that, that's so important to them. But also, I think just a, an opportunity to learn maybe some of the things that they don't know and, and discover some new things that uh, they can take back to their business and apply right away for uh, to take it to another level. When preparing for this uh, event, uh, was there a pretty high interest for this sort of thing to be in Saskatchewan and specifically in Saskatoon? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've uh, this event sort of came about through a number of discussions with with local businesses, but also with groups like STEP and AAFC and IRAP. That that you know, we want to make sure that um, that we're giving the people in the prairies these these types of businesses the same opportunities to make connections and to grow their knowledge of of the business that you know other markets in Eastern Canada or or, or like you said, the Vancouver area have an opportunity to. So I think that we're really trying to fill a gap here that's that's been missing for a while to uh, for these types of events in, in the prairies. And so what we did was we sort of listened to what the industry was saying and, and uh, we think we're going to provide a really good event that, that people are going to find valuable. All right. And in terms of uh, the speakers and going back to the speakers, uh, just in terms of like the lineup that was uh, presented here, uh, was that uh, something that Farm Credit Canada kind of sought out or did they call FCC? How did that all uh, kind of come about? What was the process like in uh, getting this uh, particular lineup of speakers? Yeah, so we worked with players within the industry and, and they really provided some guidance for us of of what would be valuable and what they would be looking for. And so there's a wide variety of, of speakers at the event. And so we wanted to make sure that we have, you know, people that, that are in the game. We've got some specific food businesses that are going to share their story. We've got some consultants that are going to share, you know, some of their insights and expertise. And we've got some, some people that have really good stories to tell about how they've grown their business. And so we think we've got a good variety of, of speakers for the event and, and, we put that that agenda together based on on what we heard from people that are really kind of going to be the attendees of the event itself. And in terms of the social media presence uh, around the summit, is that going to be pretty heavy on like you know Facebook and X or formerly known as Twitter, that sort of thing? FCC has a, a number of food and beverage uh, profiles we have across you know the socials, and so you can find it on Instagram and LinkedIn and, and Facebook and X, and so. We'll be sharing content and, and some of the insights and, and things that people will be interested about uh, about the event uh, throughout the entire day and, and even beyond. So it's it's probably a good opportunity to, to see what, what the event is about and, and what's happening uh, on our social media accounts. 
And lastly, I could imagine uh, there's a registration process for this summit. So the summit is is sold out, which is great news. I think it it sort of validates the need for this type of event um, in the prairies, and it's sold out rather quickly. And so the thing we we do have a number of uh, we're going to be creating some videos and some content at the event itself. So for those that that would have interest in this but but aren't able to attend, uh, we intend to capture a lot of the the learnings and and some of the resources that are going to be available and make it available on FCC.ca. The summit is this Wednesday from Prairie Land Park in Saskatoon. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We'll be back in a moment. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Some Saskatchewan hog producers are back to using barley in their feed rations after relying on U.S. corn for the past couple of years. Florian Posberg is a partner with Polar Pork based at Humboldt. Even though we've had a relatively uh, modest or poor crop of barley in the prairies, the availability appears to be quite a bit better, and we're back feeding meat and barley. The Chinese were buying just about all the barley that they could get their hands on from Canada, and now they're uh, sourcing some of their barley from places like Australia. And, and so the export of barley and, and wheat have been somewhat subdued. Feed barley yields were better than expected over parts of northwest, northeast, and east-central Saskatchewan. Parts of the prairies did have a, a pretty good uh, barley crop. I know right around our Humboldt area here, we were real lucky and got rain, and we've got producers talking about 100 bushel an acre barley crops. That's not the norm, but, you know, there are pockets like that. The grain is obviously much more available than, than the drought areas. For pork producers still using corn in their rations, those prices have dropped from $7 a bushel last year to just under $5 a bushel. Feed represents the largest part of the cost of raising pigs. Lower feed prices will help producers get closer to break-even costs, considering lower pork values at the retail level. You're listening to Saskag Today. Up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Canola is up $1.40 at 6.45.12 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is up $2.03 at 3.29.42. The rest were unchanged. Durham at 4.73.72. Feed barley 2.77.58. Chickpeas 12.12.53. Flax 641.04, lentils 777.50, oats 303.32, yellow peas 401.89, feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up five and a half cents at seven dollars and twenty-six and a half cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. 
Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards. Last week in our sale ring here, we had 7,500 head pass through the livestock scale, and here's how it went. Good cows, they traded from $1.20 to $1.40. Medium cows, they were $90 to $1.20, and the bulls, they getting into $1.40 to $1.65. Into the feeder cattle on our Saturday sale, the four-weight steers, they were bringing... 450 up to $5 a pound if they're right tight to 400 pounds. The five weights, they were bringing 384 to 420. Six weights, they were bringing 315 to 376. 740, they were bringing 339. Into the heifer trade, 353 brought 392. The four weight heifers, they were bringing 306 to 365. The five weight heifers, they were bringing 290 to 349. Getting into the six weight heifers, they were three bucks to 315 and 705 at $3 a pound. Upcoming sales this Thursday, November the 9th, we're going to have an all-breed calf sale. That's 2,500 head on offer. And then we're coming back Saturday, November the 11th with black and red Angus calves. We're expecting 3,600 that day. There's still some room in some of our calf sales towards the end of the season here. Let's take advantage of this competitive buyer row and give us a call. Lee, Brett, Donnie, or John, 773-3174. Canada's source for quality, Heartland Livestock, and swift currents. The latest pork prices are at $189.01 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The NDP plans to support a conservative motion calling for the carbon price to be lifted from all forms of home heating and not just heating oil. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev says the Liberals' decision to temporarily remove the tax from heating oil is divisive because it mostly affects people in Atlantic Canada. The motion is non-binding, which means the government won't fall if it passes. On the markets, the TSX is down 9 points at 19,814. The Dow is up 65 points to 34,126. Oil is up $1.28 at $81.79 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 73.20 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for today's edition of Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.